Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live streaming provided by Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Video. Visit tunein.alphageekradio.com to learn more. Finally, Friday is being brought to you this week by all of the awesome Major Spoilers VIPs from around the world. Their small monthly contribution ensures that this show continues and all of the shows. Major Spoilers continues as well as the website Majorspoilers.com. We'd love to have you on board. You can sign up at members.majorspoilers.com. Well, hello everyone. It's Steven Schleicher with you again this week. And uh, this week we got a guest in studio. It's Dr. Brad Will. Hey everybody. Hey Brad, how are you hey. doing this week? Doing good. I'm glad you could join us. Me too. This is nice. So uh, we certainly do have a uh, bunch of people already in the chat room. I see Jarmo. I see Oland. I see uh, Nate. I see Jarmo again. I see Jess the Red. Everybody's here this week. And we're all so happy that it's finally Friday. So I do not have a news segment uh, this week. That's fine. We've got Brad here, and we can talk all about stuff. Why don't we talk about Brad, our guest, and then uh, you guys can uh, <laughs> call in at 785-727-1939, or you can find me on Skype at Stephen underscore Schleicher. Uh, so, Brad, you are quite a man of many talents. Well, one could say that. <laughs> you just did. So one of the things that I'm always, I was always super curious about when you first brought it up was um, your work with the game industry. Yeah. So what what kind of gaming stuff have you done in the game industry? Uh, mostly just RPG supplements. Mm -hmm. and, uh, as an editor, as a creator? As an editor. I've, I've created next to nothing. Oh, okay. I, I simply improve on the work of others. Yeah. But uh, but that's got to be fun, right? I mean, what, what are some of the RPGs that you've done? Uh, well, I'm mostly uh, Star Wars Saga Edition. And I did uh, probably the worst ever D&D supplement. And I uh, because also, of your editing or because it was no, just the worst supplement. Just a goofy supplement. <laughs> uh, I didn't say that, by the way, <laughs> folks at Wizards of the Coast who who put that supplement together. They don't even know which one you're talking about. Yeah. All those people have been replaced a long time they, ago. They actually almost literally have, <laughs> uh, which is its own bit of sadness, actually. Um, and then uh, and then for uh, Fantasy Flight's um, Age of Rebellion Star Wars game. Ah, cool. Cool. Now, there was a, speaking of Star Wars real quick. Yes. There's a new Star Wars game that just came out, right? Uh, gonna be. When's that come out? I thought I just saw somebody do an unboxing and, and discuss, talking about it online. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion? Yeah. Uh, it's coming out March 31st. Are you so excited about like that? three weeks. I am, I am giddy with excitement. Now, but this is not the one you just worked on, right? No, no, no. I haven't worked on a book for them for ages. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because you'd said Star Wars, and I was like, oh, maybe it's the same one. Yeah, no. No. There's an interesting thing about working with the Star Wars book, though. You actually have a planet named after your kids. I have. Yeah. Tell me, tell yeah. me how this went about. I don't suppose that'll probably get me in any kind of Star Wars. No, trouble probably because, not because well, they allowed it and it went through. It was yeah, and it was. It is not a goofball name. It is a. It is a good solid Star Wars name. Um, yeah. So I I was uh, editing a book, 
and the the person who had written the planet for the book wrote a cool killer planet. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a really cool description of a planet, but um, had kind of referenced um, kind of referenced a Frank Herbert's Dune in the in the name, as oh, I recall, right. or in the name of the star. I can't remember what it was. Anyway. Um, in the the original name, the written name of the planet, which I can also say because there are artifacts of this that still exist in the world, was something like uh, Storm or something. It was, it was a play on Storm with an extra I in there, which was a uh, kind of a weird, you know, that was not a very Star Wars esque name. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I mentioned it to the guy who was the lead at the time. I was uh, we were working on these books really quickly, mm-hmm. and so there were two of us. On the on the main editing team, and then uh, Rodney Thompson was the the lead for the project. And uh, so I remember sitting outside. I would edit outside and sitting outside and just looking at this and thinking, "Oh, this is terrible." And I, well, I mean, it was not terrible, but it was just not right, you know. And so I yeah. sent, I sent Rodney an email and said, "Dude, we got to change this." And he said, "Okay, what have you got?" And and I thought, "That's it. This is this is my chance," you know. Um, but the other guy who might have been sitting on his email also might have jumped on this too. So I just quickly uh, 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 tossed together, uh, you know, mixing the, the letters of my son's names mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and threw that back to Rodney and said, how about this? And he said, we'll go with it. And so, uh, so I named the planet for that book. Uh, this was in the uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Intrigue. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we named the planet Nirion, N-Y-R-I-A-A-N. And uh, and it stuck. But the weird thing was that this seemed like this was probably in um, might have been in like like uh, July or August or you know like like sort of late summer that I did this. Uh, and and we turn over the book, you know, with all the editing done. But then there's always this this big gap between yeah. when a book gets uh, when you do the turnover after the edit, and then the book actually hits publication. And in that gap. Uh, Lucasfilm would vet everything, uh, which would be, I mean, I, I'm, I never saw, you know, what, whatever they, I never knew if they liked things or didn't like things. I right. never, I was done. Once I did my turnover, we'd move on to the next project and that was it. I'd never see that book again mm-hmm. until it came out. And so I was afraid to mention this to either the boys that they would get their hopes up or, you know, brag about it at school or something like this. And, right, then, right. and then somebody at Lucas would go, oh, that's a stupid name, and then change the name of the planet. So it wasn't until um, the following January when the book was released, that was when I, I finally uh, got the confirmation. But I didn't get an advanced copy. I got like a free copy at release. Right. right? And so I'm still waiting. But a couple of review copies had gone out. And so what I was doing was I was uh, Googling that planet name. And I really should have, I really wish I'd kept track of this. And so there was, we were about a week or in a week and a half ahead of uh, release and I got a hit and it was oh, a cool. review and somebody's like named the planet that was in the book. And I was like, yay. So I finally, <laughs> I finally knew that we were going to, we were going to be in there. And then I would Google it every, you know, every like day or so. And it was weird as you could see like, you know, one hit mm-hmm. in the whole world. It was also, it's also some kind of Tibetan word or something. So it would hit that way very bizarrely, but right. there'd be like one hit and then five hits and then 14 hits. And so each day it would go up incrementally and then it just blew out geometrically uh, with the number of hits that I got. And then I quit doing that, but I kind of wish I'd graphed it, you know, because you don't oh, ever, yeah, yeah. you know, how often do you ever introduce a word? I just hit the mic. So oh no, that's all right. It's a weird, you're noise. so excited. I am. I'm just, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah, so that's the well. Then the story of that gets uh, gets even kind of more weird, right? With the uh, when they wiped out the entire universe. Yeah. So Disney came in. This was back uh, back when you and I and, and Scott Robson were teaching that Star Wars class. Mm-hmm. Um, while we were teaching that class, they uh, made the announcement that everything that had been expanded universe was going to be now Star Wars Legends, right? And would not be canon anymore. And so. Nereon passed into the realm of non-canonical, and we all had a big sigh at my house. Oh, I thought it was one that made it through. Well, it did eventually, and so then a few, like I think back in August of fifteen or something. Yeah, it's all right, and so yeah, you walked all over that. That's all right, man. (laughs) Uh, Then uh, um, there was a uh, there was a kids book in the Rebels series. Yeah, and some random secondary character uh, says that Nereon is his home planet. 
So Very now nice. we're we're back in canon, but in name only. But that's the only part I really care about. Right, right. No, so, no, that's still awesome. So the name is now back in canon. Um, yeah. But the cool thing is, though, even though you put that in and you checked and said, hey, can we just name the planet this? It still had to go through the Lucas, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, the Lucasfilm, like, vetting. Archivist, I don't, I don't whatever know. that guy's name is. Uh, oh, my God. Why can I not think of his is name? Is it Kim? I forget what his name is. Um, no, he's just a nice guy, too, and I can't, why can't I think of his name? Oh, well, um, sorry. <laughs> um, Chi, Leland Chi. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Sorry, Leland. Eh, like, like he's watching. <laughs> he might be. He might be. Uh, but I mean, it had to go through him. So I mean, if he was had any question about it, yeah, he could have said, "Hey, this doesn't seem right." Yeah, and they would have, you know, put the put the skids to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really awesome. So you've got yeah. a little place in Star Wars history still. Yep. And you're back in in canon and not just relegated to the Legends universe. Yeah. It's kind of like Star Wars. The new stuff is like the new Fifty Two. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and all the other stuff is out there. So, yeah, Owen says that's a great story. It is a really great story. I think it's cool. So uh, I guess the next question would be, you know, you've been doing editing work on and off for various companies for several years. How does one start doing that kind of thing? Well, the way I, so I didn't, I didn't know I was particularly good at editing uh, until uh, one of my fellow professors uh just said, hey, would you take a look at this book manuscript for me before I send it off? Mm-hmm. And so I tore into it and uh, just tightened his text up a lot and or a little bit. I'll we'll say a little bit, really not a lot. He's a he was a brilliant writer, uh, but I had a really great time doing it and did it in in just a few days. Just kind of went through and just you know uh, did the old omit needless words thing and mm-hmm. and had a good time. And then there was just not really an occasion for doing this. But at the time, I was also really into games, deeply into games. Games are cool. Games are cool. And um, there had been this miniature war game that I was really into called Cronopia. And mm-hmm. it was in the, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. There's a, there, it was tied in with another science fiction game that was also a mini war game. There's actually been a movie based on it, blah, blah, blah. Right. I can't remember even what it was, though, because it just all passed out of my memory. Such a I long only, time ago. Yeah, I only cared about the fantasy game, the Cronopia game. And uh, it went out of business. It had been run by some Scandinavian company that was also uh, tied into a candy company that went bankrupt. And then the miniatures line just went just totally belly up. Right. And then a couple of years after that, the minis line was bought up by some guys in Pennsylvania who also were working for FedEx at the time. Mm. Um, so just sort of as a as a thing, they bought the rights to this game. And uh, we're going to republish second edition Chronopia. And they were changing the rules, tweaking the rules a little bit, and they published like a little one-page thing about here's here are the new unit deployment rules. Right. And they posted it on the internet. And uh, the rules were cool conceptually, but just written in a really atrocious and kind of sad way. Right. And I thought, wow, that's really sad. And so I just in a weird moment, decided I would write these guys a letter saying, hey, you know, maybe you need somebody to help you out with this. And then I even sent them like a little markup, you know, here's how I would change the rules you published. And they got back with me and said, great, let's work on this job. And sadly, they, I don't think, had ever hired an editor and I had never been editing professionally. And so it was sort of, it was big time amateur hour on everybody's part. And so we had no contract, right. uh, no, no deal for money or anything. I was just like, Hey, I'll help you out. And I think they didn't, they didn't entirely trust me. And none of us had ever heard of a, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. And so they were unwilling to just hand me the manuscript and say, edit this. Mm-hmm. And so they would sort of piece it out to me in dribs and drabs. And I was also trying to be a professor. And so it was going way too slowly. Uh, I mean, I, it was just, and there was no schedule. It was yeah. just do whatever you can do when you can do it. And, um, so I edited parts of that book, parts of that book I never saw. And then it also turned out that apparently the manuscript they had bought was not the manuscript that was published. Oh no. They had bought, I guess the pre-edited. So it didn't, the manuscript I was given did not have the editing from the original edition. It was like the raw manuscript. Right. So it needed a lot of work. Oh, no. And they knew it. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. why they were like, oh, yeah, sure, go, come do this. So anyway, I threw a lot of work into that and edited about a third or half of that book. Um, and then, I don't know, it was just kind of a weird scene. And then those guys um, just never got back to me. Uh, 
which was weird. And so then I caught them at a, I didn't, I mean, I didn't catch them. Like you guys, I see you over there. Yeah, no, I just table. I stopped uh, at their booth at a convention and uh, you know said, hey, you know, I'm the guy who edited your book. You think I could like get a free copy or something? And <laughs> and the 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 guy who's the head of the company is like, oh, wait here a minute, and he like disappeared for about five or ten minutes. And I'm standing there thinking, well, you know, what what did he go get security? Whatever, where did this okay. guy go? And then he comes back and goes, here, here's a free copy. And I was like, oh, thanks, okay, cool. And which I was fine. I mean, that was what I, you know, yeah, that was, yeah. that was like, pretty cool. So yeah, that was my first um, kind of do-it-yourself job. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after that, um, well. On the basis of that, I mean, not really on the basis of that, but I was doing some other stuff uh, with students here at Fort Hayes State University. Right. And uh, they had started the uh, Tabletop Gaming Association. And one of those guys was really into game design. And uh, we did a class, an independent study class about editing game rules. So he was creating oh, these game rules. Yeah. And then I was, we just talked about how to tighten them up. And then somebody else, another guy he knew had created a, an RPG system and, we ended up, I mean, it was kind of, it was the sort of non-class class. It was yeah, basically yeah. just the two of us kind of rolling through stuff. That was Logan Bonner. Hey, Logan, if you're watching. Hey, <laughs> he might be. Hey. Um, and uh, so Logan was, uh, I guess he was about a junior or senior then. And then eventually, just, just as he was getting ready to graduate, he applied for an editing job at Wizards of the Coast. And uh, then I remember the day he like like pulled up outside my house and he got the job. And so, so I... Yeah, you know, Logan was my inside guy, and so he went out to Seattle, and then uh, I was always watching. And Wizards was, you know, they they would put up jobs, and I went out there and interviewed for an editing job that uh, later disappeared. But uh, then I just kind of got on the list of uh, freelancers for them, and the rest is history. Yeah. Excellent, cool. Yeah. That's a great story, man. We'll come yeah. back. I got some more questions for you, but first, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, caller. Who is this? Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, Nate. Hey. Nato. What's going on? Uh, just chilling, Besides you know. making me feel incompetent. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> oh, no, well, just, I mean, editing and books. Like, I can always semi-verbalize stuff, but whenever I try to put stuff on paper or just talk in my, I don't know. I, I, I'm just jealous. That's all. Uh, okay. I've only edited. I've only edited two books in my life. One was an audio production book by uh, Douglas Spotted Eagle, uh, and then another one was a blogging book by Charlie White. Uh, one was a technical edit. The other one was just a can you proof it and see if there's anything missing in this one. Uh, so those are the ones that I've I've got. So it's a weird talent to have. It's I guess I don't go in. I'm not copy editing punctuation. I'm going in for you know. Is this the right information? Is it presented this way? What information is missing? That's how they approach me for that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you doing this Friday, Nate? Are you uh, already on the way home? Oh, I'm actually home. I'm kind of just chilling before uh, um, doing my normal taekwondo fun stuff. Excellent. Now that it's five days a week now, so I take a couple of days break. But Friday's always the fun day where we'll do sparring or combat weapons or something like that. So it, you know, pretty cool. Neat. But um, I actually had an exciting weekend. Uh, you may or may not know, but I foster for for dachshunds, right? Oh, cool. So we had yeah, so we had one for eighteen months and just got adopted last week. And so she had. Oops. Uh, nope, so it took eighteen months, but we we found a good home. So excellent. That sounds excruciating, though, to give up a a, a puppy after eighteen months. No, I mean we know we've been in it, and it's it's a fostering thing, right? I yeah. mean, had like twelve or thirteen horses he came. Uh, some stayed for like two or three months. Some stayed for two or three days. We actually just foster yesterday that I got adopted in like eighteen hours. So they, you know, the, the train keeps trucking around here. So that that it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, got to um. My very first uh, movie premiere, kind of an indie film premiere thing on uh, Wednesday, uh, that Mind Taker I talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was good. Um, it, it was really good. Um, the premise of the movie is it kind of talks about this teenage girl, and she's in high school, and she came kind of she's t- t- 
telepathic and she can turn it off whenever she wants to. Mm-hmm. And if she touches, you make actually go into memory and thoughts and, and helps them out. But then there's a big bad and there's a whole big twist. So um, I got to see part of it at a convention and they actually expanded it. So it was a big half hour and they showed it at this really, really old playhouse um, in Beekworth, Florida. And it was fun. So. Yeah, we're looking at some of the pictures ever, uh, right now. Yeah, if if you ever if they're trying to shop it out to some stuff, but you know if if uh, if it comes across, I I recommend it. I mean, again, it's an indie film, but I like the premise and and what they did with some of the stuff was really really cool. So yeah, no, definitely. So are they not at South by Southwest trying to uh, push it around? No, no, because it's very very small independent. So um, I don't think they pushed it out that far. They may have, but I I don't know. Um, I don't know if they were done in time. Oh, okay. That, that's the thing. So, okay. Because this was actually the first time this was publicly shown. Cool. Neat. So, um, well, I'm glad you had I fun. Guess, yeah, no, it was good. And actually, my son really wanted to go. He's like, oh, man, I want to go. So I actually bought him a ticket. So we both got, we had a little night out, little night out on a Wednesday night. So it was pretty cool. Neat. Um, and then I know you guys are excited for Ghostbusters 2, the board game, right? Uh, not Ghostbusters 2, the board game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is coming out. I didn't know there was a Ghostbusters 2 board oh, game coming out. it was announced today. I thought you guys... Oh, no, I hadn't even seen it. announced oh. with Sony Pictures that in April they're doing a new Kickstarter for Ghostbusters 2, the board game. Oh, wow. Where was that at? Was that at... Uh... It was on their Twitter feed. I just... Oh, um... let me... Uh, Cryptozoic announces Ghostbusters 2 board game. There it is, coming out in April of 2016. Cool. Yeah, it's been the... Kickstarter starts. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, cool. Game so. picks up where the last one ended. There are new allies, new gear like slime bl- blower packs, ecto goggles, and portal destabilizers, and of course, new ghosts to bust. There's a Ghostbusters comic to go along with it, too. Vigo the Carpathian is back, and he has uh, mood goo with him causing all sorts of havoc on the streets of New York. So there you go. Is this like, a, does it look like cool. an expansion? Uh, looks like it's a whole new game a whole new it doesn't wow. look like an expansion cool but yeah april is when it, the kickstarter kicks off huh that's yeah that, that's cool and Very neat. last thing mm-hmm. is the major schools podcast you're talking about marketing um mm-hmm. with the dr pepper can yeah yeah oh yeah yeah and you're you're the guy to talk to about this yeah yeah so um <laughs> what it is is dr dr pepper is owned by dr pepper snapple right, right? Now, there are some independent bottlers and PepsiCo corporate bottlers that have a contract with Dr. Pepper Snapple to produce and distribute Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. and 7-Up and other, other things, right? Mm-hmm. So with those contracts, what they do is they do do cross-promotional. Now, Frito is owned by PepsiCo. Ah, uh, right. Right? So they can do a lot of that cross-promotional tie-ins and stuff. Uh, during the Super Bowl, of course, it was really prominent because, you know, snacks and mm-hmm. soda and, and all the other music is on. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how that works is that they – because with the soda and the chips and stuff like that, that's how they kind of are able to mingle some stuff together and, and work side by side. Uh, but okay. They are separate companies. Yeah. So Dr. Pepper, even though my location actually produces and distributes Dr. Pepper, mm-hmm. places like in St. Louis, Missouri, there's actually a Dr. Pepper plant oh, that plant. does all that stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. Neat. Well, I'm glad that there's synergy then between companies to uh, to make this happen. And secretly, yeah, Disney owns it cool. all, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Was was there a uh, well? I, I guess my wife had asked. I'm, I don't know if you know or not, but my wife had asked, "How come Batman's on Doctor Pepper, Superman's on Diet Doctor Pepper, and Wonder Woman has to be on Cherry Doctor Pepper or whatever that that flavor is?" Oh, I don't know why they did that. I'm guessing they put Batman on Doctor Pepper because he's the big draw. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's Batman. Well, of course. Yeah. Everybody loves Batman. <laughs> I mean, Batman. But um, actually, I was trying to get some of these cans myself, but they were 
they predict it's so weird because I can never figure out what schedule and I, and I had to go somewhere else. And then by the time I came back, they already produced everything. So I was like, <sighs> so, but yeah, um, I think we have, I think we did produce all, all um, six of the cans. Oh, okay. I see five. I see the Lois Lane, Superman, Batman, oh, Wonder Woman, and Lex Luthor. Is there another one? No, it's five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's Dr. Pepper, um, Dr. Pepper, Ken, and mm-hmm. Cherry, Dr. Pepper, and Diet Cherry, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. You know what? Hey, you're the you're the guy that I need to talk to, Nate, because okay. here's the thing. I just threw my, my container away, but here's the flavor of Dr. Pepper that I love, and when it comes to sodas, this is my kryptonite. See, we're tying this all in. V- <laughs> Vanilla Dr. Pepper is my favorite, and the only place you can get it is if you go to Sonic and they, they inject a, um, a vanilla flavor in there. But I thought at one time you guys had a vanilla Dr. Pepper that was a limited run or something. And they I have do, not been able I to find it since. Cer- yeah, I think it's in select markets still. I, I don't know where they where I would be willing to look, but there is a diet Dr. Pepper cherry vanilla. Ugh, now that sounds gross, but just a plain <laughs> vanilla Dr. Pepper. But, yeah, that is no, the best. I that was my favorite, but for some reason the diet had a different flavor that I just liked. Huh. But the diet cherry vanilla Dr. Pe- I mean, it's a mouthful to try to say it, and maybe that's why I'm making <laughs> it. But the uh, yeah, that was. I, and I I want to say that it may show up seasonally some in some areas and stuff like that. But okay. um, yeah, it's it's not that it's not made. I'm pretty sure that it's out there floating around somewhere. Well, I get I, at one time it was at our local big box uh, store, and I bought a bunch of it, and then it's never been packed since. I think it was around Christmas or something is when they had it, and I haven't seen it since, or maybe last summer. But uh, yeah, you're you're the guy in charge yeah. over there at, uh, at at PepsiCo. Make make all this happen. I need yeah, my vanilla uh, Dr Pepper right back on, on the it. store shelves. All right, Nate, you have a great weekend, man. All right, guys. Take it easy. Yep. Bye. 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 And let's go right to, uh, hopefully this person didn't hang up. Hello, who's this? Hey, it's Chris. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Are you ready for C2E2? Uh, I am not working it this year. It's on the weekend of my wife's birthday, so not really, I guess. Probably so. a wise choice to go with the birthday <laughs> instead yeah. of the uh, instead of the C2E2. I, I, would, I would get it. So what's going on uh, with you, man? Uh, not much. I just wanted to call. I actually just two days ago listened to last week's or watched last week's Finally Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to thank you and say good job on the advice that you gave. Oh, thank you. Podcasting. Um, I don't podcast, but it's still, I found it very informative and helpful, even just for the uh, toy reviews that we do. Mm-hmm. Some of it still applied, I thought. Oh, yeah, I think a lot um, of it applies across, you know, a variety of different things that people do. Definitely. And some of it made me, uh, it made me happy, and then it also made me depressed, because <laughs> I was like, oh, some of that we do, and then some of that we either don't do or yeah, we do it the wrong way. So, yeah. Well, uh, I, I mean, there's not a know. right way or wrong way to present a message. I guess there's your way of doing it. Um, from the technical side, there would be some better ways of doing things, but I don't think that there's a, I mean, besides like covering yourself with feces and doing a toy review, I mean, that would definitely be a wrong way to do it. So, you know, right. I don't think you're going the wrong way with what you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, part of it is we're, Unfortunately, limited uh, technically, I guess, uh, budget-wise. I'd like mm-hmm. to get white and stuff like that, but who yeah, yeah. can't afford it? And but you know, we also we only really need a table, a toy, mm-hmm. and, exactly, and a camera. So well, I bought the best camera that I need, you know, with a good mic, and it actually mm-hmm. has a light. So yeah, so but, I mean, uh, you've you know, got stuff, that's the going. other. That's the other thing people forget is. You start with what you can afford and what you have, and then as you start to learn more and as you start to do more, then you can upgrade uh, gear. We talked about this uh, several months ago. Someone had called in and said, oh, Stephen, you know, your camera, your your image quality looks so much better. It's like, yes, because we finally were able to swap out the old cruddy $200 cameras that we bought at 
at Walmart for some nicer, more professional cameras that look good on the stream and elsewhere. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then I upgraded my editing software to the Adobe Premiere or good. Effects or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah. So, yeah, slowly but surely. So little by little, good. I just want to thank you for that. And I lived up to my end of the bargain. I became a donator, so. Yep, you are, uh, definitely. There's, there's no reason anybody else should do it. If I can do it, I mean, I work for you. You but do, no yeah. Anybody else should, should do it. And I was already a subscriber, and I may be a subscriber to your YouTube channel twice because I have two two accounts. I don't care. YouTube doesn't care. <laughs> All they look at is numbers. I'm just saying, FYI, I'm cheating <laughs> the system for you. There you go. So, I may have three um, YouTube accounts that people don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, do what you can, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to call in, say what's up, and uh, let you know it was much appreciated. All right, um, cool. Again, yeah. We, we appreciate you putting up the stuff for us. Uh, we tell people you're you're the nicest guy on the internet. So. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that, but Will Wheaton no, does a pretty are. good job. You Brad are, Will sir. does a pretty good job. So, <laughs> All right, man. You do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, do you have anything big planned for the weekend? Uh, I, I hopefully can survive it with two kids. Uh, I, I, you know, I have the new one, mm-hmm. the new sidekick. And then I got the four-year-old. Um, it, it's been stressful. I, I, I'm not used to having two to deal with. Oh, I know. So, and it, it gets crazier you know, as they get older. Wait till they start well, punching each other. Oldest, oldest is eight. Oldest? He is eight and will turn oh. nine in June. The youngest is four and will turn five next month. And, um, man, these guys punch each other and they're mean to each other. And it's like, guys, come on. Don't you love one another? Oh, yes, I love my brother. Oh, yes, he's so cool. Well, would you guys knock it off? So you have that to look forward to. Wait till they're yeah, teenagers. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm sitting there wondering, like, how kids live past the age of four without either killing themselves or having their parents just, like, strangle them. Or yeah. Want, you know? Like, yeah. No, I understand. I know where you're coming it's from. It's just like. Dude, you're eating you're eating stuff off of your shoe that could be poisonous and kill you. Like, oh, I don't understand this. So, yeah, you know, if you live to seven, I'll be totally happy. I can't wait. So. Well, uh, take care of those kids and don't let them eat uh, anything off their shoe this weekend. All right, Chris. All right, have a good one. Man. All right, you too, man. Bye. Bye. And uh, be sure, if you would, go over to uh, YouTube and check out the shock and awe toy reviews that that Chris and his uh, his friend do. Uh, very entertaining if you're into toys and you want a, a detailed. Now, we do a major spoilers. We do the unboxing stuff a lot of times, and we'll look at it. These two break down a toy, and they go into it uh, in detail, and it's uh, very entertaining to watch. So if you're into two action figures, uh, that is the one you want to watch. Now, you got a couple of older boys, right? Yeah, my guys are uh, 13 and 15. Wow, in yeah. high school? Uh, Both of them? Uh, one's uh, one's in middle school still. Oh, but okay. Next year, everybody will be in high school together. Yay, that'll yeah. be fun, won't it? Yeah. All right, go to the phone lines. Hey, who's this? Hey, it's Bill Schweiger. How are you guys doing? Hey, today? Bill, what's going on? A uh, whole lot of nothing. I had, uh, you guys are making me sad. I just listened to your dueling review of Mockingbird number one. Yeah, you didn't like it? And no, I did. I like it very much. The problem is I have no more space for physical issues. So I, I mm-hmm. subscribe to Marvel Unlimited. Right. But they're six, they're six months behind on everything. Yeah, Marvel Unlimited is always six months behind. That's kind of the, in the weird agreement that they did to both appease the local comic shop and to appease Comixology with the contract that they had. Those issues are six months behind. Okay, Every, that explains it. If you want the I most am, current I'm one, wallowing in that six month gap. Yeah, if you want the most current, you need to go to, through Comixology to get those, or you can just yeah, wait six months fine. and then they'll then they'll appear. Although, are you a Marvel Unlimited person? I'm not. No. No, I think it's um it's um, I guess I am, but I haven't resub. Um, I guess my subscription's about to lapse, and they keep telling me, "Hey, update your credit card." <laughs> uh, but I think uh, Brian. Um, uh, Brian Ibbett is also, and he said in some cases they're slipping in in some issues more than six months behind. So you might hmm. want to be aware of that. Hmm. But somebody to know. somebody told me on Twitter today, and this could be a good thing for major spoilers that, and I went and verified this. You can now go to Amazon because Comixology is an Amazon company. Hmm. 
you can go to Amazon. You can look for the single issue, and if it says Kindle plus other, that's usually the Comixology one. So you can buy those comics through Comixology, through the uh, uh, Amazon link at Major Spoilers, and then a little bit comes back our way for that. Wow. So for years I've been telling Comixology, you need to make it a way so that people can do these embed embeds on, on their site so that they can buy those issues because someone like you, Bill, could be listening to a doodling review and say, I want to buy that book now. Click on that link. They buy the book, and there you go. But now that Amazon looks like they can do it, uh, that's another option for you. That's good. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to have the willpower to hold out for six months. So, <laughs> all right. So I, 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 I have to break down. All right. So, Beast of Barcroft is out now. Northwoods yeah. just came out last month, uh, the, at the uh, middle of February. How is everything going? Everything's going really well. So I, I think I mentioned uh, the last time I called in that they that Random House had dropped the price for two weeks, did a sale for right. ninety nine cents for the Beast of Barcroft, um, you know, in anticipation of releasing Northwoods, mm-hmm. and it, you know, they distributed through newsletters and whatever, but it shot up in the Amazon rankings, and the Beast of Barcroft hit number one in uh, the dark fantasy category of ah, cool. So that was awesome. I hit number one. So that was pretty cool. Now that's awesome, man. That's going to make you feel good. That does make me feel good. And that, you know, has helped uh, give Northwoods a little goose as well. So now I just have to wait. Have all those people who were kind enough to go out there and download it to start putting their reviews review in. And, yeah. And I got some exciting news this week. I was asked uh, by Random House to participate in this horror anthology called Dark Screams. It comes out. I'm not sure how often it comes out, but uh, they're on the sixth volume, and uh, there's usually five authors per volume. The first volume had Stephen King as one of the authors. Wow. Um, subsequent, uh, subsequent members were Peter Straub, uh, Clive Barker. All these horror titans. So, and now we can add to, Bill Schweigart to that list. I can at least be able to say I uh, I was the other guy in one of those uh, <laughs> in one of those anthologies. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, if you ever need a, uh, an editor, here's yeah. uh, here's Brad's always yeah, looking I, for some editing. Work. Seriously, I, you got there's some editing firepower on, on today's finally Friday. Yeah, yeah. So believe awesome. me, I need one. I need one. <laughs> well, get in contact with Brad. You there can you find go. him on Twitter at. At Dr. Bradley Will. There you go. Yeah. Good to know. What did you guys think of the uh, Civil War trailer? Uh, I thought it was okay. I mean, uh, it didn't really add much. I think the big draw was, and there's, you know, my whole business side of it is uh, the the last two seconds of Spider-Man at the end was there just so that they could drive everybody to those YouTube channels and bump up those numbers and and uh, make some monies on the back end from that. But they really didn't add too much more to to the trailer itself. I thought this is a trailer that tells me more about what the movie is and where the conflict comes from. And this is really the movie that should have, or this is the trailer that should have been the one that debuted in cinemas, not online. So I thought it was Very good. True, but what did, what did you think of the snippet of Spider-Man? Uh, I thought it was fine. I mean, honestly, I think that it's a, um, I think that uh, we're seeing some still early work stuff. This is probably something that was done back in, uh, December and January, and so the complaints about it looks too rubbery or it looks CGI. Uh, all the Spider-Mans with their full costumes on have been CGI, especially when they're jumping and tumbling around. So uh, it's nothing new for me. Yes. Brad, Brad didn't like it, though. Yeah, we are, we are definitely of differing opinions here. Yeah, yeah, the whole eyeball thing is just not, that does not work for me I, but, it, you know, but it, it works in the it's there in the it's in the comics I it's love in it the in cartoons. the cartoons I, I love I love Ramos uh, drawing Spider-Man but you know and I love the expressive eyes on the comic but in my photorealistic movie mm-hmm. that makes no sense to me and is slightly disturbing and makes my face itch yeah former former number one spoilerite <laughs> form, former number one spoilerite not Nate but former number one spoilerite uh, Julian uh, bumped into the Twitter today and he was like, look, people are making a lot of assumptions based on two seconds worth of video that we've seen. We don't know if that those expressive eyes are actually tied to his facial features or if there's something mechanical. Now, a lot of people said you can hear some whirring uh, as those eyes narrow down, like they're really mechanical. Uh, maybe it has something to do with narrowing the focus down or some yeah, telescopic because, vision or something. Because mechanical telescopic vision has always been part of the Spider-Man mask that I'm familiar with. Yes. Well, 
if if Tony Stark see we know nothing about it though right I, I everything I know about it I don't like already you know and I'm not that guy I'm not the guy who sits here and says but but so far so far 100% of what I know about Spider-Man in this movie is not particularly pleasant yeah i i it it does feel kind of forced right i mean spider-man's kind of feels forced in this when you have black panther and all these other characters from the previous movie uh that you can put into this and help build your story because of this deal with i think sony really needs the money uh because of this deal (laughs) with sony to share spider-man now i think they marvel was almost had to put spider-man in the movie and so it may seem rushed in some places yeah but and he has web cartridges on his belt, says uh, Nate, which I like too. Well, I'm I'm totally down with web cartridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. What did you think? I uh, I dug it. I did. You know, I'm a Marvel kid from way back. So, in retrospect, I don't know how it's going to work with the with his eye discs, but mm-hmm. it did give me you know it did give me a thrill when I watched it the first time. Whether or not yeah. it makes sense or it plays out, that's fine. But the most exciting thing to me about Spider-Man was actually hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious. It's a teenager. And right, that's right. what excites me most about it, that they're actually having a teenage portrayal, not 30-year-old Tobey Maguire, you know, pretending to be. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I dug it. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I, I'm just, I, I liked it. I said it, it's not something that uh, upsets me that much. I'm willing to see how it plays out in the movie. And if it's something that's a gimmick that continually... I mean, they made it work for Deadpool. Did you see Deadpool, Brad? I haven't got to see Deadpool yet. Can you believe that? Deadpool does the same thing. That's Deadpool, man. Deadpool, Deadpool is Deadpool. That's a totally different. But it's still a, it's still a mask with eyes that move. That's Deadpool's mask can have eyes okay. that move because but, Deadpool but not your is Spider-Man, crazy. Right? All right, you know, Deadpool killed Mark Twain or something. I so. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm willing. I'm willing to wait. We're going to have this a much bigger discussion about this next week on the Major Spoilers podcast because Matthew is just like dying to weigh in on his hatred for <laughs> for this. So go, Matthew. Uh, I'm sure we will talk about this next week. But you know, it really seems from my informal polling today, it seems like it's basically split fifty fifty. I mean, it, 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 people are really. Some people are like, I don't like it, and other people are like, I think it's fine. So um, I guess we'll see how it plays out in the movie. And I say all that, but I'm totally jazzed for this movie and will love it, uh, wiggly eyes or not, probably. So yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Anything else, Bill? No, just uh, calling to say have a great weekend. All right, you too, man. And uh, listeners, don't forget uh, you can go check out the Beast of Barcroft and Northwoods, both over there at Amazon.com. You can use that Amazon link at Major Spoilers. You can buy these books. The Kindle editions are only two ninety nine. That's nothing for how many pages are each of these? Like two hundred pages each. Uh, two hundred and then two seventy-five. So you're getting a meal. Yeah, so you're getting a like a buck for every hundred pages. It's a yeah. penny a page, dude. That's a deal. <laughs> that is a deal. <laughs> All right, Bill. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too, guys. Thanks. All right, bye. Hey, yeah. Up oh, and now we got another one. Jarmo was calling in. Hey, Jarmo, <laughs> what's going on, man? Hi, guys. Hey. Your audio sounds fantastic. Oh, that's that's really nice to hear. So what's going on over where you're at uh, uh, this week? Nothing much. I just had a real nice game of X-Wing miniatures. Oh, cool. You know what? Hey. I have yet to start editing this stupid footage, but on Monday, <laughs> Monday, there will be an X-Wing miniatures game with Brad and I playing. Yay. Yes, that that's really nice to hear. I'm a big fan of that I'm, game. I'm not sure we do the game justice, though. I'm not sure I do. I'm not sure I do the game justice. Maybe saying, Brad does. But. I'm not sure I do Steven justice in that <laughs> game. I have a really <laughs> jerk move in that game that I just think, oh, but, you know, well, you'll see it when you see it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's much about the experience. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure Steven gets better at it when he, he's got few games under his belt. Oh, yeah, definitely. And plus when I can switch things out, because we'd played, because we were doing some practice stuff to make sure that we were all down with what we were remembering from the rules and everything. And so we were using the same team like three times in a row. So yeah. by the time we actually recorded it, I was like, oh, Brad is actually probably going to be <laughs> able to beat me or maybe not. You'll have to watch and see. But um, it, it, yeah, it, yeah there, were, there were some things that we saw ahead of time that I was like, oh, I did not plan this team correctly. Yeah, and it's it's really much like 
well, actually most of the kind of more complex miniature games are like that. Your squadron selection, it, it really means a lot. Mm-hmm. And and of course, maneuvering in that game, it's, it's, it's also really important. And, yeah, we, we and had it, to make sure we knew our left from our rights quite a bit. Because sometimes you dial it and you're thinking left and you actually dialed right and it's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, but it's still enough about the dice rolls that you don't get get really mad if if you lose because it's still a little bit about the flock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, actually I had a couple of things to comment about which you have already talked about. Okay. One, it, one is toy review okay i i finally got one of those takara tommy masterpiece transformers figures oh okay yeah and and i have to say after 30 years we finally have reached the point when the transformers figures are what they're supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and they actually work Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like like they are like I imagined them in in 1986 or or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was and not I was not into Transformers. It's fantastic. I was not that much into Transformers growing up because they were expensive toys. You know, any toy from for me was expensive growing up. Uh, but then there was also the cheaper GoBots. Yeah. And a friend of mine was just like totally into GoBots, so he would come to school with his little GoBots and make them do their thing during class, and was always getting in trouble with them. But I always thought they were kind of cool, but I don't know. I'm I'm glad that the toys have gotten better. Were you a yeah, trans- I, I Transformers can, I fan? I can kind right? of see that. Nah. It's, they were especially expensive in here in Northern Europe, where we pay the pretty much same you did, plus the import tax, plus, oh, right, plus right. small market mm-hmm. extra. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I had like a dozen of them, and, and wow. it was it was enough for me. But now I realized that what I thought they looked like in, in the 80s, now they actually do look like it. <laughs> cool. Are they, are they more fun? Because, because my recollection was always that the, doing the transformation, I never actually owned any, but other people did, right? But doing the transformation always seemed like kind of a, a nightmare intellectual exercise that I was never quite capable of. Yeah. Um, have, they, have they resolved that issue at all? No, they oh. are actually more oh. complex now. Oh no! But I, I would think that the person with with a PhD could could handle it. <laughs> you, you would be surprised by that, actually. So. <laughs> oh yeah, and the the other thing I I wanted to talk about was the Chronopia, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm from Northern Europe, and and the people that made made the games of Chronopia and the, I would say, the sibling game, game which, which was Warzone. That's right, yeah, yes. Yeah, the company that made them is actually Swedish, called Target Games. Right, but weren't they, they were associated somehow with like a Prince Albert candy company or something, is that right? Yeah, Prince Albert is a British company that that makes miniatures. I think it's that's okay. the connection. But there was uh, somehow I remember there being a candy company involved with Target Games. Um, uh, I'm I can imagine that that makes no sense though. There could be could be some something involved in that, but I'm I'm not in 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 the knowledge. Uh, all tar- I knew that it's originally a collectible card game called Mutant Chronicles. Yes, right. Yeah, and there was a Mutant Chronicles movie, and and. And then, then it was a tabletop role-playing game, like traditional pen and paper, paper one. And then it came the miniature game game called Warzone. Okay, yeah. And I only and, ever had the main and, box oh, of that. Excuse me. And and Chronopia is kind of a fantasy spin-off of Warzone. Right. Yeah, and, and Target Games was really big back in, and this would have been about 94, 95, as I recall, maybe later yes, in the 90s. Yes, yes, mid to late 90s. Yeah, 
and but they were they were putting out a magazine uh they just had all kinds of things going um and then it all just sort of crumbled down one day um i guess probably right around 2000 or so as i recall yeah i don't have any any knowledge about what ha- actually happened there because because i i remember about that the rule system was actually really really good about for the squad level miniature game yeah like, I... like you have a dozen figures or so yeah and it was really it was a it was a man to man game which was my my attraction for it that that each uh, each model actually represented one dude and yes. uh, and that was uh, and so that made more sense to me than than say the larger scale you know where a model represented 10 guys or whatever yeah and and it had had actually very good attention to detail about you had every miniature had its own actions you could fire Oh, brace okay. your weapon, aim, go to cover, and so, things like that. It 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 was really tactical. Yeah, it was a great system. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the images online uh, right now, and um, looked like a fun game. And I I had heard that after so Excelsior was the company that brought back Second Edition, and I had heard that when they sort of went belly up that all the molds for the models were finally destroyed so that, that it's Nobody gone, gone. Do it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, which is a shame. I'm not sure that that's true, though, but that's what I'd heard. If, if that's true, it's, it's really a shame. Yeah, because they because, were great models. Because especially the ones for the first edition, they were, they were really cool and, and themed in, in interesting ways. Yeah. Although, although they had kind of bases on, in, real real life what should i say in mutant chronicles they were super corporations but but in in real life they were kind of japanese british us and and things like that with a little of vatican inquisition and and demons mixed in in the in the kind of kind of their their setting and that had kind of a World War One vibe, as I recall, right? Yes, that was Imperial. They were they were British, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, they were they were very much British doughboys with gas oh, cool. masks and and doughboy helmets. Yeah. Yes, they actually they had some kind of their regular troops were pretty much like World War One British, and their special troops were kind of SAS and then the. Scottish barbarians That's with right. a little bit of with a sky fi mix. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that information. Yeah, it's, we should dig that game out, Stephen. We should if you have it. I do. I've got a I've got a bunch of orcs and a bunch of elves painted up and ready to go. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right, Jarmo. Thanks for calling in, man. Yeah. Th- thanks, guys. I I just wanted to share that because it's it's kind of a thing which not many many people know about and it was kind of a big deal in northern europe and in the late 90s excellent cool all right man have a great weekend yeah same to you bye guys bye now there is a 3d game a 3d printed game called pocket tactics i think i've mentioned this before i don't know much about it except that all of the game pieces from the little tiles that you lay out to the miniatures that you play with um are all 3d printed Okay. And they have different factions and different themes and all these different things that are going on with it. It seems very, very cool. I finally downloaded one of the little pieces and printed it off. And it literally is pocket tactics because the piece is probably, it is probably a half inch tall. And that's wow. one of the just regular soldiers. They have some taller ones, but they are really, really miniature. And, and you can, you can tell what it is. You can kind of tell what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should have brought it in here. I'll show, I'll pull it out whenever, okay. when we're done with the show so you can see it, but it's, it's, it's like the tip of an eraser almost. Wow. And unfortunately I tried to print it at super high resolution on my 3d printer, but it wouldn't print out uh, with a whole lot of detail. It kept failing. But when I printed it out at a standard version, it printed it out. It looks a little smushy, but you could certainly, if you were playing this in a game, mm-hmm. you would be able to tell which which uh, character it was. And if they're tiny enough, you can get a ton of them on a table. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's basically you put them all in a, in one little bag. The whole game can be carried around in one little small dice bag. That's cool. Yeah, you'll have to check it out. It's over on Thingiverse.com. Right. Uh, Matthew, how are you doing, man? You are done with your game convention. How did that go? Oh, that was that was so crazy. We <laughs> usually on a three-day convention, your Friday, it's kind of slow to get everybody to show up. Yeah. We had full house. Wow. That's great. Over 300 people. That's awesome. <laughs> like it was Nowhere to sit. We were going to try to run scheduled events. None of them happened. Oh, because, because it was just nowhere so packed. To have it. Oh no! People showed up. They grabbed games. They played. I spent most of most of the convention actually running from table to table, like getting people started. Oh, cool! But that's going to be fun, to, though, you know right? How to I mean, play this game. Oh yeah, let me get you started. Get a couple of rounds. All right, you guys got it. Yep. All right. Oh, well, that's cool, though. We'll I run mean, over help somebody else. I think that's wonderful that people are just like, "Hey, let's go play games and." Maybe not play an organized play or a tournament or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, it worked out pretty well because it was. Uh, it was really nice weather, so people were, you know, inclined to leave their home. <laughs> and uh, socially on the calendar, we didn't conflict with anything, so it turned out to uh, turned out to have a pretty good, pretty good turnout. Excellent. So, what, what do you think about this uh, Ghostbusters two news that came out today? Oh, I have not heard it. Well, I, apparently, uh, uh, Nate, was it Nate that broke, yeah. broke it to us, told us that Cryptozoic, Sony and Cryptozoic are teaming up for a second Ghostbusters board game that picks up where the other one left off and includes some new uh, some new weapons and stuff. And it's uh, the Kickstarter will happen in uh, April. I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet that a lot of the success of, of the, even though it's not Crypt, uh, Cryptozoic, but the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, had a lot of to do with convincing them to go ahead with this second Ghostbusters game. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and minis minis are such a hot thing now too. Like the cool mini or not, I mean they just have a license to mm-hmm. print money. You just mm-hmm. put zombie sight on a box, and million dollars <laughs> on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, we just finished up this week. I don't know if you listen to Munchkinland this week, but we just finished oh. up uh, a discussion on our favorite uh, games that we're looking forward to, and we each had some about three games each where we talked about, um, oh, this game's coming out or just finished on Kickstarter or, or whatever that we were we were hyped about. But, man, now there's even more games coming out. Yeah, I have a... I need to probably not spend quite so much time on Kickstarter, but I finally went yeah, back to work, which is... Uh, my work schedule's not exactly finally Friday-friendly. Oh, that's so. okay. I understand it's, it's not uh, that way for everybody, but we're glad that you're able to come in because I wanted to see how, how the convention went. So I'm glad it worked out really well. It was pretty good. We had a, we gave out a whole bunch of freebie games for if you pre-registered, and that went those went super fast. Excellent, excellent. And the uh, we had a bunch of play-to-win games, probably twenty games. Wow, nice. Uh, what was the top? What was the them, top they, game? Uh, the top played game, or checked out anyway, was Code Names at yeah. ten. We have ten checkouts is all. We had we played, played that played game. So many different things. Yeah, we've played that game. It's a lot of fun. Brad brought it over mm-hmm. one night, and, and we had a lot of fun with it. The, uh, the play-to-win games, those were on a kind of a different little area. We had one game. It got over 80 plays. What <laughs> game was that? Uh, Between Two Cities from Stonemaier Games. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, I, I don't read. know that. Yeah. It's kind of a, you have to have an odd number of people to play. Or, well, starting at three, anyway, and going up. The way that it works, from what I understand, is that you sit between two player boards and you and the person to your left will work on a board and you and the person to the right will work on a different board and then same for everybody all the way around. Oh, interesting. So you're in between the two cities I and see. you're working in, and the scoring is you don't want to be the best city, but you want to be like the second best or the, uh. the not the highest of the high or something like that. It had a strange kind of scoring, but it was relatively quick, I guess. So many people. Well, this looks like this up. was a Kickstarter game that finished in. Oh, what's the close date on this? It it, it pledged. Uh, they raised two hundred twenty one thousand dollars on this thing. Uh, back in yeah, November, I guess. A, yeah, Stonemeyer. If uh, if there's anybody that you would ever want to hit up for some tips on how to do a Kickstarter, it would mm-hmm. be Jamie Stegmeyer. Okay. Yeah, he I, is the master of Kickstarter. There is some other game that I know that that Stonemeyer has done, but I can't I can't place that in my head. Uh, he's done 
uh, Euphoria, which was pretty big, and Scythe is the biggest one. It will get over a million dollars. Nice. That one, uh, that one still has yet to be actually it funded a while back, and and I, I got in on that one, and so hopefully I'll have a copy of that coming whenever it comes in. But yeah, I think he's even wrote a book on, like, you know, how to make sure that your Kickstarter has the best chance of, you know, working for you to do these things. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Very neat. Anything else? Uh, no, I just kind of wanted to check back in about that, uh, about the convention and all of that. And so I'm not sure. I'm going to try to get in tomorrow on the VIP there. Yeah. Oh, thanks for bringing that up tomorrow. For those of you who are Gold VIP members, if you're watching now or listening in the future, uh, 1 o'clock Central Time, uh, Saturday, uh, March 12th, uh, we will be doing the live stream over at the members site. So if you are a Gold VIP, make sure you jump into that. I did send out an email to everyone, so you should have received that. Uh, but we'd love to see you there and have conversations like this. Tomorrow it'll be Rob, Brian, and I. Matthew might slip in if his uh, daughter's birthday party is over. And then Rodrigo let me know that his internet blew up. We were having some internet problems with him on Wednesday when we were doing uh, Critical Hit. But he said that, yep, his internet finally kaputted. And so they're waiting uh, for the company to come out and fix it probably on Monday. So oh, man. he won't be available for that. So, But thank you for mentioning that, Matthew. Um, it did seem like, too, on Munchkin Minute, somebody had mentioned Sentinels of the Multiverse, I think, because it was mm-hmm. one of Kickstarters that's ending. Yep, that one that is finished. It. it finished today, in fact. And yeah, um, I got in on that one to, to help finish out all the other stuff that I got. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. know if there was uh, any plan to maybe have that on some Munchkin Minute. Uh, well, we did We did play. It's not real. I don't think we... We released it yet because we are so far ahead on all of our Munchkin Land stuff. Yeah. We recorded two, no one. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually had we did uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. I can't tell you much about it, but it uh, gets very frustrating about halfway through. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because of that. something that Rob does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, sure. so it, it does become <sighs> does become very frustrating. But uh, in the process, just came in today. I have, which I didn't realize there were all these little standalone expansion things like the uh, the Wager Master and uh, Silver Gulch 1873 and all that stuff. So um, John, who's been doing some art over at the VIP site, he was like, here are all the ones that you're missing from your Sentinels of the Multiverse stuff. So I went and got those ahead of the closing of the uh, uh, Oblivion thing. So now I will have everything and a box to put it in in a couple of months right. when the... Uh, <laughs> what is it, I guess, November when Sentinels of the Multiverse Oblivion uh, completes or arrives, so. We had a game day last week, um, and we played some of that, and I got, I played the uh, guys who is basically Deadpool. Oh, yeah, cool. Cool, cool. That one is really fun. Yeah, man, Sentinels of the Multiverse, I really love that game, even though it's super frustrating at times. Yes. <laughs> but, but we also yeah, played, some... recently we've also played the DC deck building game, Sentinels of the Multiverse, Ghostbusters, which is uh, probably a three-part video uh, series. We don't get through all the way through a whole campaign because of some technical issues. And then um, X-Wing, which should happen on Monday. Then we've got the Dice Masters, and I don't know if you saw the unboxing video, Matthew, of the Dice Masters World's Finest that I did this past week. Um, But um, that's not even out yet, and WizKids sent it to us to do an unboxing video of, so go check that out. There's some really cool characters in in that in that uh expansion or that set yeah i think we uh, have some DC marvel legendary oh yeah we the also DC have more Mar- i just bought the new uh crisis expansion for that one that came out oh cool and, uh, yeah and i, I just if you've played the crisis version it turns it from competitive to cooperative and it becomes oh maybe we should do that like... because we played we played the base uh dc deck building game then we played um forever evil which was interesting oh. Um, but one of the things we did point out was that it was kind of missing that cooperative take on it. Yeah. So the one, the one big hit that DC that voter usually gets is that thematically, it seems a little weird that you are wonder woman say, or Superman and you're able to collect villains yes. and use the villains. So you're mm-hmm. like, why, you know, why is the good guys using the bad guys to do stuff? Right. But if you're, if you're playing crisis, then there's special superhero cards mm. and they're sort of like a, Here's the scenario. You have to beat this before you can take out any of the super villains. Oh, neat. And if you draw villains out of the lineup, they, they just get destroyed. 
Interesting. If you don't get to keep I, any of those. I have those, so we probably will have to play that sometime. In yeah, the that sounds pretty cool. And then I also got the uh, Arrowverse expansion pack, but it it did not arrive yet. So, mm. yeah. The fourth crossover one is Watchmen. And that one, I opened it up and I was like, oh, I don't even know what these cards are. Are there's <laughs> I, all kinds of weird. For some reason, I want to say that I have that one. Weird rules. Yeah, I want to say I have that, but. Who knows? They could be anywhere in that mess of stuff that I call a, a game shelf. Actually, a game floor. Yeah, it's not a shelf at all. <laughs> all right, Matthew. Well, thanks for calling in, man, and hopefully we will talk with you tomorrow. Okay. All right, take care. And Brad, thank yes. you so much for being part of uh, Finally Friday this My week. My pleasure, indeed. Sorry about the uh, weird voice. What's that? I said, sorry about the weird voice. Oh, no, it sounds great. Deep voices go good on podcasts and stuff, so... <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah if anybody wants to reach out to you you're at Dr. Bradley Will on the Twitter and uh, we'll see if we can't get you back again real soon Brad well thank you very much yeah all right, everybody thank you so much and thank you all of our VIPs we will talk with everyone uh, the next time 